Hey, Aryam, I see you're wearing some really cool shoes. I see that there's a design on them. It uh, looks like Huey, the character Huey from Boondocks. Uh, do you want to tell me more about these shoes and if you did the design? Yeah, so these are actually my first pair, Huey and Riley uh, from Boondocks. Um, I got into it just because I really love watching TV shows and I love shoes. So, um, And I've always been an artist for a while, so I started my customizing business, which is Aruvinci, um, A-R-U-E-V-I-N-C-E-I. Um, so I just would love to say also I want to support what David and the team is doing and uh, would love to give the audience 15% off. So if you can message me, DM me at Aruvinci, which is A-R-U-E-V-I-N-C-I, um, you can definitely hit me up and let me know that you, you are David's audience and I'll give you 15% off. to the 11th episode of Unboxed. So remember to subscribe and if this is your first time watching, welcome. We have lots of other videos for you to watch as well. And we are obviously on YouTube, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Unbox Show. So today we have these beautiful faces on the screen. Let's start with Delphina. Hi. Wait, I'm gonna just say hi. Yeah, just say hi. Oh, hi, I'm Delphina. <laughs> people listening. Hey. And we have Idris. Hello, how you doing? We have Tigis. Hello. Ariam. Hi there. Emmy. Hi. And Tunji. Hello, how you doing? Hey, cool. This is. I'm here too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I mean, I'm, oh, bad. Hey, D- David, it goes without saying. I mean, it's cool. Like, I can just, you know, I can just leave. Like, it's all good. Ah, hey, you know, no. hey I can no. just, Everybody knows David. Not always I don't do my brother is. like that. Hey, I mean, I'm not trying to bring any attention to myself, but it's just like. But I am. There, might, was, there might be some. He got a whole mic. He got a whole mic. Definitely put it up for good. For the sound check. It's all good. It's all good. We also I'm not. Don't even. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> David's like, I'm just the one who made the podcast. Yeah, don't worry about me. Just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna get into today's podcast, and um, so today's topic, we're just gonna talk popcorn style about um, the situation that's going on in China to do with. Well, not just Africans, actually, just Black people in general. So I'm sure you guys have seen that. So um, it seemed like at first they were blaming bats for the corona, and now they're blaming Black people. So I'm kind of confused as to where this started. So what are you guys' thoughts on on the situation? I, I, have, I have, I think, like, it's... It's a very emotional topic. Like there have been a lot of posts on social media, and um, a lot of people have different feelings about it. So, like, I made a post about it um, last week, I think, and I got a lot of responses, um, and I, I got quite a few too from um, Asian friends that I have. Um, actually, yeah, mostly 
Chinese uh, friends that I have from high school and whatnot. And they were giving me like a different perspective. Um, and I think that when we talk about like this issue, it's important that like we place it in the proper context because um, because there's there's a lot of there are a lot of different layers to it. So um, most of what is happening in China regarding Africans is happening in a province called Guangzhou, and that that province has the largest population of Africans in Asia, like all of Asia, and it has a really large Nigerian population actually, um, and so they um, had been having some issues because the, the virus hadn't, had, hadn't gotten to that province um, as early as it was in Wuhan or other parts of China. And it now seems to, there, there are more and more cases appearing. And so it seemed like the government was kind of, the local government was cracking down on um, what was going on and trying to kind of have more restrictions and that sort of thing. Um, there was apparently, and this is something that's been reported widely in Chinese media, not really like anywhere else, but there was apparently um, a Nigerian man who had um, attacked a nurse. Uh, a Nigerian man in um, the province had attacked a nurse um, and he was also positive, he had tested positive for COVID, so he had it. Um, and he had attacked a nurse and gone arrested and it was reported all over um, the news and it caused a lot of reaction, um, stupid reaction in my opinion, because people ended up way overreacting and all of a sudden they were discriminating against African uh, black people there and um, all sorts of just strange policies like banning black people from entering restaurants, um, kicking them out of hotels and yeah, just because I guess there was this sort of misperception that um, Black people were disregarding the rules around the virus. I think that it's the relationship between Africa and China has reached a boiling point now because um, there's been a strong reaction on social media from Africans who now feel that, uh, you know, Chinese people don't have the best interests of Black people in their, in their, in, in their minds. And this is kind of like clear proof, you know what I mean? What was the, what was the perspective that your Chinese friends uh, gave to you about it? You said that you, they gave you some perspective, of, some perspective about it, what was that? Well, I was getting two different things. Number one, I was getting this, um, people were telling me that these stories were rumors and they were being spread by Western media sources like CNN mm. um, to, kind of promote a negative view of China. Mm. And then the other view I was getting was that China has very strict rules around, because the virus, you know, it affected China first and um, <clears throat> they're trying to prevent a second wave and all sorts of things. They have very strict rules and these people were not following the rules. And so, um, mm. you know, there were penalties. But my thing was that, what, what was the reason for banning black people from restaurants? Like what was the reason for kicking black people out of hotels and apartments? And it didn't seem like these rules were being applied fairly because for example, um, black people were being tested disproportionately um, mm. in Guangzhou as opposed to other like 
um, Chinese people, white people, every other um, ethnicity. And so I was confused because um, I didn't understand why that was happening. And um, I also didn't understand why, for example, if um, a black person hadn't had any history of travel or hadn't had, you know, didn't have like the signs that, you know, they might be positive. Why were they being discriminated against in this way? So I don't know. I, I was just very kind of confused at the whole thing. Um, I'll tell you on that. Like, um, I actually, uh, I, when I started seeing like the posts about it on Twitter, I, uh, I tried to look into it and like read about it a little bit. And I heard the same thing about the Nigerian guy that like he was infected and he attacked the nurse. But I also heard there was also another thing that like apparently it was like two other Nigerian dudes who were, uh, this is separate from that first case, like two other Nigerian dudes that were infected. And apparently they were going out and patronizing restaurants and shopping centers. Like there wasn't a lot of detail on that, but at least that's what I read about. So I didn't, I didn't dive into it as deeply, but I still don't feel like it's right for them. Like just based on those two incidents to like, <laughs> to treat all black people in that place like with, with that regard, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like you said, regardless of whether they're actually, they actually have symptoms or not, or regardless of if they test a positive or not, like they're still t kicking black people out their homes, like kicking um, black people out of restaurants, like re refusing them service and all that. I don't think that excuses, like I understand like that, those three assailants, like their, um, their actions were not appropriate, but it, I don't think it justifies treating all the black people over there like that. Like that's, that's insane to me. The part I don't get is why were they kicking them out of their homes? Because I feel like if you want to stop the spread, you will probably want to even lock them in. If, if you know, want to be they did. They, they, they quarantined them. I think they kicked them out and quarantined them out of spot, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I saw both. The though, I think. Yeah. yeah. I saw. Facing them to, like, keep going. Just um. the streets. And then they ended up sleeping on the streets. So right. understand right. if you don't want, if you want to stop a spread, why would you make them go outside? Yeah, at that point, it's more like just punishing black people as opposed to like trying to solve the problem. Exactly. That's point. Yeah. Because it becomes yeah. like a one equates to all solution, which mm -hmm. is obviously wrong. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, you see, for me, I'm a Nigerian, and I'm 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 gonna speak out of emotions. I'm not gonna speak with emotion. I'm gonna speak with rationale, right? But what I'm going to say is, if, if there's a huge attention on you that you don't want, what do you do? You create a, a diversion. Initially, when this whole thing started, right, everyone was against China. It was China this and China this and China this. So if you were in China's situation, what do you, what do, you do? You create a diversion mm. to take the attention away from you. Mm. And mind you, initially, when this whole thing started, it was the cases that we had in Africa were just only three cases when an entire world was going crazy. It became this whole thing that, oh, well, Africans are immune to it, right? <laughs> so for some reason, for some reason in China now, they're attacking Africans, well, specifically Nigerians, but I would say all Blacks, as if like we created this situation against the entire world. And now some of your friends or some people are saying that, well, the, the, the African or the Nigerian guy attacked the nurse. 
Well, it's an isolated situation. It wasn't like a bunch of Nigerians are attacking hospitals and just, you know, vandalizing places to try to affect everyone. You, you get what I mean? And there's been a bunch of cases here that people have been very arrogant about the situation, you know, licking subways and like touching like people that happened. But <laughs> the Corona challenge. <laughs> right? Like people have No, been that's not real, is it? No, no. Yeah, people saw like three videos. Yeah. I saw like three I videos. videos. Like, oh that's my enough. God. People like lick their fingers oh and like put it all over. I'm not going to isolate it to race, but there's been a lot of people that are not black that's been around doing some crazy stuff and no one has stopped kicking their race out of their homes or doing anything, you know, against the race. If it's, if it's an isolated situation, make it an isolated situation. Don't, not, don't, don't attract an entire race and start condemning an entire race. This has been going on from like generation to generation of black people. One thing happened about a black person, it becomes, oh, this is all black people. This is how they are. Hmm. Another perspective that I, that I saw was that um, um, they uh, talked about in, in the article that I read was the whole Ebola incident. And there was actually another crazy fact in there. Apparently, like, during the time that Ebola, Ebola struck out and, and like, you know, it was killing a bunch of people, in China, in, in that same city, I, I don't know how to say their name, so forgive me, but um, they had, like, 16,000 Black people, like, living there. And now the entire Black, like, up, this was in, what, 20, 2014 or something like that? And fast forward till now, the population there is 4,500 or something like that. Now keep in mind, like, I mean, that, that is a pretty big decline, but like the, they haven't factored in the people that are like, I guess, untraceable because like they lost their visa or like they're overstaying or whatever it is. But even still, like that's a very, that's a very drastic decrease in population. And it's, they're attributing that to like just the whole fear of, I guess, black people because like rooted in that whole Ebola incident. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like black people were being persecuted around the globe because of that whole thing. So uh, mm. I guess in that, like this is kind of the remnants of it. Um, even though this one didn't really start, with, it didn't start with black people, but they just kind of looking for, they look for that scapegoat real quick. And you know, they, they, they found that, that why one, does, those one or two inc incidents that they use it to link it to black people. And now, you know, they just treat us the way they're, so it's like these things did not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, another. Then, you know. Yeah. Sorry. Another oh. thing I'm gonna blame. Another people I'm gonna blame it on is our government, the African government. In general, if this was happening to uh, a white person, do you think it's mm. gonna fly? Hell it's no. Not going to fly. Hell no. And right. To the no, no, no. So initially, when this whole Corona thing started and the quarantine started, what did Canada do? We're gonna get our people back home. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing they did. We are going to get our citizen, our citizens in other countries back home. What did Africans do? Stop beating the people in the street. <laughs> like we don't treat each other with respect. Like we, we don't respect ourselves. Why would other people respect us? Uh, I think like, also uh, like. China and with black people there's a huge like there's a lot of history that goes with that right a lot of black people living in China are not fully accepted in society uh even not just that just racism has just been rooted there was that one uh commercial I don't know if you guys remember where the black guy goes inside of the washing machine he comes out Asian and it's to say he's clean oh now and it was God, for a detergent yeah. I have <laughs> yeah. a confession to make. I remember that yeah. I, have, I, have a, I have a confession yeah. to make I have there's a so confession many. to make I have a confession to make. When I saw the it commercial, 
I laughed, laughed. My I laughed ass so off. hard. I was it was so, like something you see on the boondocks, yo. Yeah. So, exactly. It was so messed up and so unbelievably racist that I could not help but like cry. I was so, I was laughing so hard at how messed up it was. And it was kind of a good joke, but it's messed up. But it was kind of good. Yeah, and so I think in this case, if you have people who already are uneasy with black people living there, when you give them an now that there's something that they might have caused, then you kind of rely on uh, hate instead of forgiving. You know what I mean? If you already don't like a certain group of people, this just kind of fueled the fire. So I could be wrong in this sense, but I think that this just kind of gave an excuse to just exclude them from society. And I agree with you. And uh, uh, like, it's just like, just going back to that whole point about the whole Ebola thing, I think there's just like a lot of hate and discontent for black people that's been like there, that's just been dormant. And then when this whole thing with the, with the one incident, especially since it's a black guy attacking a nurse, you know, since it was released to the public, like the whole view is just like, oh my God, look at these people. It's not even like, look at this one guy that did the stupid things. Like, look at this race of people. Like, nah, these guys got to go. First the Ebola thing, and now there's this, right. you know what I mean? Right, So, right. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. It's, it's a dumb state of mind, but that's just the, the unfortunate truth, I guess. I want to piggyback off something that you were saying too, Emmy, like about the whole, Afri like the, the, I guess, corrupt African governments. I think, right. I think some of the reasons <laughs> that they might not be as, uh, as quick to like, because you said, you know, like if a white person was doing this, like the like government wouldn't stand for it. Like what what I think Africa and China, or I think Nigeria in particular, like they do have a lot of business between like the two Each nations. Other? Like absolutely yeah, there's, yes. there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of so like they're not so quick to be like and you know, I, I there, there's a lot of corruption in Nigeria. But, so like this is something that but, everybody just knows. But so on I just that feel point, like, <laughs> see, I just feel like point, they're not they're not as quick to wanna like, you know, sever those relationships and sever right. those ties yet. They wanna kinda but, like but on that point that you're making, if we have a respect relationship, shouldn't it be reciprocated? Mm. Oh, for sure. So yeah. I shouldn't be quick to treat your people a certain way if I'm making a certain amount of money or whatever the business is from you, right? Mm. It should be a respect business. It shouldn't mm. be a one-sided business, right? But well, I you don't... <laughs> Sorry, you no, 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 go ahead. I don't know. I, I think that it's more of like a, there's still like a taking of advantage because yeah. um, from people who are from China going into Africa, um, just like my one experience being in Ghana, um, there, were, there was a Chinese family and they're tourists. They can't speak the language, but they're asking for questions. And this is just my experience. Like, and I'm seeing this one, I'm assuming the dad being so rude, talking to someone, this is where I need to go. This is where I need to get. And, and just late, like no politeness at all. And right. kind of leading to that, like Travis and I kind of had like a quick conversation like a week ago. And he was telling me about how he saw, um, I guess he read something that um, yeah. there were like a lot of like Chinese men in Ghana or like in places of Africa that were having babies with all these African women and kind of just dipping out and then just leaving. And then that's it. And a lot of the men who were doing these things were nationalists who were there for business. 
and then just decided to abandon the women, abandon the family. And now it's just like, these families are struggling. And I don't know, I just like, in my mind, like I'm watching videos, like in India, they're also isolating like people who are tourists, right? Like they're white, they're in India, having trying to have a good time, but they're being isolated in their, um, in their hotels and stuff. And they're being yeah, right. staying there. But right. in Africa, in, um, uh, in China, everyone's like being kicked out. And there was only one post I saw on Instagram. I think it was Guyana, maybe, that there were a bunch of Guyanese men say, like bringing all these Chinese workers together, saying until the Chinese government, I guess, it was, let it was Guinea. Like the African... Yeah, okay, Guinea. Sorry, G. And then um, <laughs> until the uh, government releases, like our people, we're not going to let them go. And I feel like it's very unbalanced in saying we're taking in the Chinese business, but there's still not that much acceptance shown or reflected in media when right. black people are in China or in any right. parts of Asia, period. Right. Just, yeah, there's I don't know. Like a power imbalance because, um, so for example, in, in different, I think one of the countries in Africa is Zambia where China actually like, owns different parts of their infrastructure because of these loans that they're giving to these mm -hmm. African countries. And they know that they can't pay, repay these loans because some of the interest and things like that are pretty exuberant. Right. So right. like when they default on that, they have to take collateral, right? So they right. these parts of their infrastructure, like airports, um, different towers that they use that loan money to build. Right. And so they're picking apart different parts of Africa. And so there's already this like power imbalance when it comes to a situation like this, because it's like, we can now treat you guys however you want and your leaders cannot say shit about it because at the end of the day, we kind of own you. So there's nothing but you can do. I think that's kind of why a lot of the leaders aren't speaking out uh, also to do with corruption as well. But I think that's right. kind of why. So I was just going to make the point that um, I was listening to a interview um, that was being done with a former, this is a former ambassador, Chinese ambassador um, who did a lot of work in Africa and they were asking him, you know, about the situation. And he said that, Really, he doesn't believe that there's any racism going on concerning this situation. And he was really trying to put out the idea that China and Africa are friends and that they have a mutual um, relationship that they've built and cultivated for years. And so he was really pushing back against the idea that there's any sort of racism, you know, or negative um, xenophobia or whatever against African people in China. Um, Cause he said that, you know, we're, we, we are friends and we, we always want to work together, um, China and African countries, you know, to our benefit. And so whatever the situation may be, his whole point was that, you know, we need to keep the bigger goal in mind of getting rid of this virus and making sure that we keep our relations. And it was interesting to me because um, the way he would deny and like just kind of evade direct questions, they would say, you know, 
there are videos of like um, signs, people putting up signs saying black people are not, not allowed here. There were racist posts going around uh, the Chinese social media uh, platform, Weibo or whatever, you know, calling black people monkeys and saying that, you know, all black people should be taken out of uh, China and all sorts of things. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's not true. It's all rumors. It's all this and this and that. And so, you know, it's very interesting. What it's very interesting to see that China still officially wants to maintain a positive view in terms of its relationship with Africa. Um, Because I think, that it still sees Africa as a valuable um, resource pool, right? Like there are a lot of natural resources. They've been doing a lot of business there. They don't want to compromise that. So they're going to officially say that, no, we don't discriminate. You know, we, they've done a lot of work actually in Africa, convincing parents to send their kids to China, you know, mm-hmm. saying that it's safe. They put a lot of money, especially following what was happening in Guangzhou and to putting out all these videos on social media um, of African people living their normal lives in China. So there's a very like clear uh, kind of, it's like propaganda, you know? Yeah. And I also think that those of us who have grown up black in Vancouver in particular, when people say that there's no problems with black people living in China, I feel like those of us who grew up black in Vancouver have an instinct that that's definitely not true. Because if you've grown up in Vancouver, that means you've come across a lot of Chinese people. And, and I would, I would venture to say that all of us have had an encounter with a Chinese person um, that was like, you know, like racially charged on their end. Like I know in my, in my experience, like, you know, I had, um, you know, I like I, I had an incident with like this uh, this Chinese girl, like you know, in middle school, and it, like it was a, it was a, it was a microaggression, but it's something that happened. My brother has a story of like when he was taking out his uh, his Game Boy out of his pocket, and this old Asian guy was right beside him at the bus stop, and then the old Asian guy was like, "Here, take all my money, take all my money," because he thought he was pulling out a gun, right? So. Um, I think like definitely, you know, like I like I definitely don't know, like I'm, I'm definitely not knowledgeable about this entire situation about um, Africans living in China. But like just like from my perspective, I'm like, you know, if there's people actually out there saying that there is no issue, I feel like that they would that, that those people like definitely would would have to check themselves because like we as black people have issues with Chinese people living here in Vancouver. It's not just white people we have to deal with. It's also Chinese people. And um, um, yeah, like that, that's, that's just how I feel about the situation. It's like when I hear about these things, I'm not even surprised because, you know, I've heard, I've heard plenty of stories of, of racism from, uh, from, from specifically Chinese people towards black people and, and black Africans. So, Yeah. I fortunately like have not had any like horrible like encounters with anybody Chinese. Um, but um, I don't know, uh, just kind of getting into like the YouTube kind of flow of watching things. If you do like kind of watch like videos of uh, people who are black, like in Asia anywhere, like their experiences are quite different from people who are white or like European, anything. Like you can see there's like, even if um, people who are black speak the language in China, there's still like a significant like difference in the way they talk about their experience and like the reaction they get from Chinese people 
as like being more friendly or being more aggressive or not even caring that they speak the language. It's just like, even if you're mixed and you'd just a couple of videos I've seen, like of some people who are like born and raised in Asia, like the reaction is totally different if you're darker skinned. One thing that also a friend of mine uh, told me was that she, she had talked to one of her friends that was Chinese and apparently there's this like known thing where a lot of the black men there um, obviously go for the Chinese women because that's, those are the people around. And like a lot of the Chinese men don't like that because it's like they're taking away their women or something like that. Uh, and, you know, like apparently there's like a scarcity too with, you know, finding partners or something because of the one child policy and things like that. So I think that's also another thing added to the layer of racism that's already there because they feel like these men, especially the Nigerian ones, kind of, you know, like to play around, <laughs> charm the ladies and all that. So it's like, <laughs> and he's covering well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. They have every reason to be feared. <laughs> they have every reason to fear. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're correct. The you're correct. <laughs> I was just going to say in regards to like, I live in Richmond, so which is like mostly um, Asian folks. And for as long as I've lived in Vancouver, I've been here for over six years now. And it, it's it's been home, but it's never home just because we're always seen as an outsider. So not to say that there is racism, but there is anti-blackness where they just don't see us as human beings. They'll touch, even before this corona thing and everything that happened, they will touch anything that I've touched or my siblings or whatever with like a tissue. They will like cover their mouths if we're like close to them and things like that. So when the thing that, when like all these things were happening, I was like, well, this is interesting because this is how you guys treat us even without having anything. So there's always like I saw a quote about um what was I can't remember exactly where I saw it from but it was basically the saying like how are technologically very advanced but when it comes to like social cues social awareness and things like that that are human things like they're not at all whatsoever and this is not just like within their countries within their continent whatever but this is like outside where like you should know that there's diversity you should know that there's other people um other um other ethnicities other um cultures and all these things so i like it's almost like they only call out racism when white people mistreat them but they refuse to acknowledge what they do to us. And I always find it very interesting. And like, I have sworn after like the COVID thingy, I will never ever speak up for Asian. Like if I see something wrong, I will say it, but I will just never put myself like the way that I used to and talk about the racism that they have gone to, they've they've, um, faced just because it's almost, it's always backhanded. Like if we defend them, it's not even the, the fact that we wait for their, defense for us like for the for them to defend us but they turn back and give it to us back like they (laughs) it's just it's it's horrible the way we are treated by everybody else but especially by the Asian the Asian community because I live it every day (laughs) I think also just like their standard of beauty is fairness right is to be as fair and as light as humanly possible so then when you have the opposite, which is us, then it's something that they're not striving for. And so 
that's kind of where it stems from. So, or I personally think that that's a lot of where they're coming from. If you go to China, I don't know if you guys seen this. They'll take photos. They'll take photos or they'll they'll want to stand with you. And at first, a lot of Black people were like, oh, man, they think I'm Chris Tucker or they think I'm a celebrity. But it was like, no, you're, you looked at like your Bigfoot. Like, it's like, wow, people like you exist. And so it's like this idea, again, that we're not a part of society. We're different, like alien. I think it's still the same thing with the hair and people looking at you and be like, oh, wow, so majestic, all that stuff. Just the idea that still I feel like in society there's everybody and then there's like black people are different and not in a way that where we're different with everybody else, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've actually had that happen to me before. This was like years and years ago. And um I, it was like in this like touristy area. It was in, in Europe and um yeah, this couple, they came up to me and they were like, oh, can we take a picture with you? And I was like, oh, wow, my outfit is banging today. Maybe that's why. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and then I took a photo. My friend was like, you know, they just want to go show their friends back at home that they, they saw one, you know? <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was shocked because I did not know. I thought that um, for the long time when I was younger, I thought because we were all kind of the other outside of the white race. We were all on the same level playing field and we all kind of had that, you know, solidarity going on. It wasn't until I grew up and I realized, you know, black people a lot of the times are at the forefront of these fights. We're the forefront of like civil rights movement, things like that. And other races outside of the white, white race benefit from it. Like whether it be like Latinos, Asian people, they benefit from it, but I feel like a lot of the times they don't like fully stand with us and we're the ones putting ourselves on the line a lot of the times. So that's, that, that's really what I've come to realize recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just really, um, it's just funny to me, like this whole solidarity thing, you know, it's, it's really a farce, you know, when you really look at it because they were the first ones calling out everyone who wasn't standing up for them when, you know, everyone was calling this virus the Chinese virus and, you know, all the anti-Asian things were happening. And I, I remain against all of that, but I think this situation is exposing some people, you know, to show and really remind, because we've all known it's been a thing, but to show that they don't really care about, like, Few people actually care about Black people and what, what we are going through and are willing to put themselves out there, put their necks out there for us. But then they expect us to kind of fall in line with them, you know? So it was just really funny to me because even when I made my own post about it, I was having people coming to my messages kind of gaslighting me and being like, oh, like, you're just exaggerating. Like, it's not that serious. It's not this, it's not that. And I was like, it's really funny that this is the time that you decide to um, tell me that I'm lying about what's going on or like I'm exaggerating or it's rumors, you know? I mean, I believed you guys when you were telling me everything that you were going through. Like, I didn't for a second try to gaslight or like, you know, say that you're wrong or whatever. Or like, you know, say who's your source or all this stuff. But 
it's funny that I was getting those questions. So, but, know, but like, you know, the, but the whole thing with that is just like the reason why I've, I've found I, I, like in my experience that the reason why I push back, why people push back so hard when it comes to like racism against black people is because it's, it is a really, really difficult thing to accept. It's a difficult thing to accept that as a real like reality of our world. And so people would much rather push against it and shut us up than taking the time to take a deep breath and just like listening to what we have to say. And I, I guess I empathize with it in, this, in, the, in the sense where like, you know, for a while, I didn't want to believe that the experience, then the negative experiences of women was something that was real and like things that like women were going through all the time. Like, you know, this was some years back about like how, how common it is for women to go through abuse or how different it is for them as an experience in the workplace or like, you know, all this stuff that like women have to go through. It was a really, really tough thing for me to acknowledge until one day I did and like my I like you know like my heart broke and like you know I, I went through that process but then finally I was able to accept it and I feel like it's a really because re- even though it's like real for us and like it's a common thing for us for another person who doesn't go through that reality every day it's a tough thing to accept because racism is such a evil evil thing and it's such a horrible, horrible thing. And people don't want to accept that, number one, it's real. And number two, that they're participating um, in something that uh, puts Black people down and like persecutes Black people. It's a really, really tough thing for them to accept. So I definitely get annoyed like you, David, when people like are always pushing back. But then at the same time, I, in a weird way, I empathize with like, you know, like, you know, people like that's why it's important for us to speak up and just keep on saying it because we just got to keep on pushing it, pushing it on people until people learn to take it in and accept it. At the end of the day, black people are the ones that, that we lose at the end of the day. We lose in everything. The biggest thing is a lot of white people tell you, well, there's no racism, there's no racism. But at the same time, those white people are the ones that inflict that pain. If I'm inflicting pain on anyone here right now, I can't tell you why well, I don't notice your pain. No, I notice the pain because I'm the one inflicting that pain. It's not like it's not like you have multiple sources that shows that every single day in social media. Well, the days that we didn't have social media, I can totally understand that. But for some reason, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, they find a way to get the whole world to see that without social media. And nowadays we have social media all over the place. And you tell me for some reason, you scroll as much as you scroll on the internet and you don't get to see one racism act one day. Are you seriously telling me that's possible? Like our, literally our lives are so, so, so on the internet. I know more about you than you know about yourself. That's how social media, that's how social media is. And you're telling me for some reason why people can still tell you, well, no, there's no racism because you benefited more if racism is still in this society than we are. So of course. That's how I stand about it. I, you know, any white person tells me, no, there's no racism, I, I call BS. Because at the end of the day, you, you, we can both see a cab. You call a cab. I call a cab before you and you heal a cab. The cab skips me and go get you. You benefit more than I do. Right? So for me, I just don't believe the fact that, and, you know, any person other than black tells me there's no racism. If a black person tells me that, yeah, I can have a conversation with them. But if another person tells me there's no racism, or they don't notice it, or we're crying wolf, then you know what? It suits you a lot better. That's why you're saying whatever you are saying. 
Okay, I think we'll end it here. Thank you guys so much for sharing your opinions, your stories. Um, and so, yeah, that's it for today's episode. And thank you to the listeners and watchers, viewers, for um, watching today's episode. Please follow us on our social media platforms. Obviously, subscribe to the YouTube, Instagram, and um, you can also listen on Spotify. And we will see you on our screens next week or so. All right. Bye. Bye.